can steal. Lord, you are the only one that can steal the storm. We give you praise this morning. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that you have given us. Lord, your word says that every time we see the sun rise and set, it is proof that you are faithful, that your covenant is still at work in our lives. And so this morning, we thank you for the covenant that we have with you in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus shed upon the cross of Calvary for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for the redemptive power in the blood of Jesus. Thank you because by his blood we can call you Father. By his blood we can enter your presence with confidence in our hearts, knowing that, Father, you hear us this morning. And so we declare this morning, be magnified, O God. Be magnified as the King of kings. Be magnified as the Lord of lords. Be magnified as the Lord of hosts. Be magnified as Jehovah. We give you all the praise, precious Father. We have come this morning just to bless you. We have come this morning to read the word in your presence. We ask, Lord, speak to us this morning. Help us to understand the word let your name alone be glorified in our lives. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome, a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eye Nike. We continue our reading of the book of Ezekiel. Um, today we take three more chapters. Um, yesterday it was quite an interesting, a very interesting read. As we got, you know, we, we, we stopped on chapter 30. Today we take three chapters, 31, 32, and chapters 33. Yes, in chapter 29 and 30 yesterday, we saw messages to, to Egypt and to the Pharaoh, Pharaoh the king of Egypt. Chapter 31 and 32 are also both messages still to to Egypt. One compares Egypt with Assyria, warning them about look what happened to Assyria. Remember that Assyria fell. Yes, Assyria fell even before even before Nebuchadnezzar came to overcome Jerusalem. Okay, so warning them that look, um, learn from Assyria. First lesson, that's 31. In chapter 32, we see a warning to Pharaoh. Okay. You have um, grown too big for your for yourself for your boots. All right, it might be time to clip your wings. Okay, so we see it. It's a warning. It was a warning to him. Remember, God said that He didn't wish that the weak, the wicked would die, and so if His warning comes and they pay attention, He will not bring disaster on them. Okay, so this was a warning to Pharaoh, but obviously we know that He didn't listen because uh, it was just sixteen years after. The fall of Jerusalem that Egypt themselves would fall or probably they listened for a while okay because it could have come immediately and then in chapter 33 we see this very important chapter in the book of Ezekiel Ezekiel is Israel's watchman and my charge this morning is are you a watchman who is a watchman we learned that this morning. All right, please get your Bibles. Let's read together Ezekiel chapter 31. 
Egypt as compared to the to fallen Assyria. On June 21, during the 11th year of King Jehoashim's captivity, so King Jehoashim has now become like um, a signpost for you to know when or what is happening. So we know that in the 11th year was when Jerusalem fell. Okay. So during the 11th year of King Jehoashim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give this message to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all his odds, okay? So that his army, uh, to whom would you compare your greatness? Hmm? You are like mighty Assyria, uh, which was once like a cedar of Lebanon, with beautiful branches that cast a deep forest shade, and with its top high ab- among the clouds. Okay, so the simple thing to just realize here was that Assyria was a very great nation. They were very, very, very powerful. And everyone had been trusting in them. Remember that Israel themselves trusted in Assyria until Assyria came and carried them off into exile. And sadly, even even, uh, Judah trusted in Assyria for a little while before they break, they broke their alliance with them. And then, of course, uh, formed that alliance with Egypt. Okay, so God was telling Assyria, was telling Egypt, that who can I compare you with? Okay, let me compare you with Assyria. That was once great, was at now, okay, uh, being reduced uh, to nothing. Remember I said, Assyria fell before the fall of Jerusalem. And that was why we were told at the beginning that this was the 11th year of Jehoashim's uh, stay in captivity. Okay, so this was the year that Jerusalem will fall. So God is telling them, look, let me compare you with Assyria. Because, of course, remember yesterday I mentioned one of the reasons why God was punishing them was because they left, you know, ah, they were like a broken reed to, to Judah. Judah was trusting them, you know, to support them when the Babylonians came. And then they just, they collected their money and then did not show up. Or they showed up for just a few seconds and left, okay? So very important. He said, to whom would you compare your greatness? You are like mighty Assyria, which was once like a cedar of Lebanon with beautiful branches that cast deep forest shade and with its top high among the clouds. He says, deep springs watered it and helped it to grow tall and luxuriant. The water flowed around around it like a river streaming to all the trees nearby. In other words, they had great influence. When it flowed to all the trees nearby, the other trees would have been under other countries around them. Okay, so their greatness was so was so was so much that they influenced, you know, and caused the other nations around them to, to prosper. It says this great tree uh, towered high higher than all the other trees around it. It prospered and grew long, thick thick branches because of all the water at its roots. The birds nested in its branches and in its shade all the wild animals gave birth. All the great nations of the world lived in its shadow. It was strong and beautiful with wide, wide spreading branches for its roots went deep into abundant water okay so when god is comparing you to something that was no more (laughs) uh, of course the same fate was going to befall them okay so it should have been 
very very strong warning if god was comparing them to babylon okay you will know that this was a power that was rising but now that even assyria themselves have been carried off into exile by bab by babylon oh and you have been warned that it is this same babylon that was coming to come and defeat you you know that trouble was coming but it was a strong and you know and and beautiful you know with wide spreading branches for its root went deep into abundant water who provided the water who made it a great nation eventually it was god it says no other cedar in the garden of god could rival it no cypress had branches to equal it no plain tree had had boughs to compare no tree in the garden of god came close to it in beauty it says because i made this tree so beautiful and gave it such magnificent magnificent foliage okay it was god who made it beautiful it was God who prospered it. And so every nation will learn to recognize that their blessing and their lifting, okay, comes from God. I'm telling you, they tend to prosper. They tend to prosper. But when a nation thinks that their greatness just comes from their own, from their own strength alone. And I'm telling you, we need to learn this lesson even in our personal lives. Oh, how do we draw the line? How do we draw the line between trying to leave everything to chance everything for god to do and what are the things that we are supposed to do on our own yes if you read the new testament paul and james helps us break this this down i will show you my faith by my work okay so it doesn't matter what i have i can tell you that god helps me to do it however i will not just sit back and tell you that god will do everything like some christians do you know ah, it is the grace of god it is the grace no my efforts too was involved it says no tree in the garden of god came close to it in beauty he said it was the one because i made this tree so beautiful and gave it so uh, gave it such magnificent foliage it was the envy of all the other trees of eden at the garden of god therefore this is what the sovereign lord says because egypt became proud and arrogant and because it set itself so high above the others with its top reaching reaching to the clouds i will hand it over to a mighty nation that will destroy it destroy it as it as its wicked its wickedness deserves i have already discarded it god said i have already discarded egypt remember this was seven sixteen seventeen years okay before this will eventually happen god said i have already discarded it a foreign army the terror of the nations has cut it down and left it falling on falling on the ground its branches are scattered across the mountains and valleys and ravines of the land all those who live in its shade have gone away and left it lying there remember he's talking about assyria he says the bed roosts the beds roost on its uh, fallen trunk and the wild animals lie among its branches let the tree of no other nation are proudly exult in its own prosperity though it be higher than the clouds and it be watered from the depths depths are for all are doomed to die to go down to the depths of the earth they will land in the pit along with everyone else on earth this is what the sovereign lord says when assyria went down to the grave i made the deep spring mourn i stopped its rivers and dried up its abundant water i clothed lebanon in black 
and caused the trees of the fields to wilt. I made the nation shake with fear at the sound of its fall, for I sent it down to the grave with all the others who descend, who descend to the pit, and all the other proud trees of Edom, the most beautiful and the best, the best of Lebanon, the ones whose roots went deep into the into the water, took comfort to find it find it there with them in the depths of the head in other words when assyria fell everybody was shocked okay so it's just to the what can i compare it to in our present day just imagine imagine you know china or the us you know is defeated okay you will be shocked as in ah if this could happen to china as great as they were but god said yes i i allowed it happen because of their pride he says its allies too were all destroyed and had passed away they had gone down to the grave all those nations that had lived in its shade O Egypt, to which of the trees of Eden will you compare your strength and glory? You too will be brought down to the depths at the depths with all this with all these other nations. You will lie there among the outcasts who have died by the sword. This will be the fate of Pharaoh and his oaths. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. So this was a warning. Okay, remember again, this will come up some 17 years, 16, 17 years later, that this will eventually happen. Probably Pharaoh listened, okay, uh, because one of the things you would have re- you will realize about when God talks to his watchmen, when they warn the people and the people listen, it turns the evil, the evil that was intended to come. Not because God is the one who is creating the evil, okay? Whatever a man sows, that is what he reaps, okay? If his nation invests themselves into idolatry, into wicked, it is almost certain that destruction will come, okay? Because they will reap the reward for their labors very important all right let's go to ezekiel chapter 32 this one is a final warning for pharaoh and this is this will be the last of all the warnings that we have read we've seen a warning to ammon to moab to edom to philistia to tyre and sidon and then to egypt okay so this is a warning from for pharaoh chapter 32 it says on March 13th, during the 12th year, the 12th year of King Jehoashim's captivity. So it means that Jerusalem has fallen. This message came to me from the Lord, son of man, mourn for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and give give him this message. Okay, so he's giving me a message that was going to happen 16 years later. You think of yourself as a strong young lion among the nations, but you are really just a sea monster, even around in your own rivers, stirring up mud with your feet. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will send, I will send many people to catch you in my net in my net and haul you out of the water i will leave you stranded on the land to die all the birds of the heavens will land on you and the wild animals of the whole earth will gouge gorge themselves on you i will scatter your flesh on the hills 
and fill the valleys with your bone. Why did God needed to bring need to bring them out of the water? Because Egypt's trust was in the Nile. Okay, was in the Nile River. He said, "I will bring you out of the water, and then the other birds and animals will will they will feed on you." He says, um, "I will scatter your flesh on the hills and fill the valley with your bones. I will drench the earth with your gushing blood." all the way to the mountains filling the ravines to the brim when i blot you out i will i will veil the heavens and darken the stars i will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon will not give you its light i will darken the bright stars overhead and cover your land in darkness i the sovereign lord have spoken i will disturb many hearts when i bring news of your downfall to distant nations you have never seen okay so lost just the same way that um when assyria fell everybody was shaking god said look egypt you too when you fall everyone will be shaking so you could point to the great nations at that time you could literally count them on your fingers right so you had jerusalem or judah you had israel okay of course eventually israel is overcome by assyria so you have assyria you have tyre you have you have then you have babylon who then rise rises to power eventually the mages and you know persians also will rise will continue will rise to power i will see the different nations gradually rise to power god says i will disturb many hearts when i bring news of your downfall to distant nation you have never seen yes i will shock many lands and their kings will be terrified at your fate they will shudder in fear for for their lives as i brandish my sword my sword before them on the day of your fall for this is what the sovereign lord says the sword of the king of babylon will come against you i will destroy your odds with the sword of mighty warriors the terror of the nations are they will shatter the pride of egypt and all its odds will be will be destroyed i will destroy all your flocks and herds that graze beside the streams never again will people or animals muddy those waters with their feet so then i will let the waters of egypt become calm again and they will flow as smoothly as olive oil says the sovereign lord and when i destroy egypt and strip you of everything you own and strike down all your people then you will know that i am the lord yes this is the fun- this is the funeral song they will sing for egypt let all the nations mourn let them mourn for egypt and its odds i the sovereign lord have spoken i have always said that look i will not lord i don't want you you know to be called god for in my life or for me to only recognize you as god when evil things have happened okay for a lot of the nations in the bible god told them then you will know you will know you will finally accept that ah god warned us about this thing this thing so and now that it has come to pass yes we accept that he is god sadly okay at such points it might just be too late 17 says on march on march 17 during the 12th year another message came to me from the lord son of man weep for the odds of egypt and for the other mighty nations for i will send them down to the world below in company with those who descend to the pits say to them o egypt are you lovelier than the other nations no so go down to the pit and lie there among the outcasts the egyptians will fall with 
the many who had who have died by the sword for the sword is drawn against them egypt and its horde will be dragged away to their judgment down in the grave mighty leaders will mockingly welcome egypt and its allies saying they have come down they lie among the outcasts odds slaughtered by the swords so there are those who try to preach that look this is how hell is really that's when people really arrive in hell they will be able to see one another and laugh at one another or just at one another in this instance you know they were they were laughing at egypt oh the same thing as great as you claimed to be the very things that happened to you you know uh, that happened to you also happened to us so you were not that great um i think it's a long stretch okay it's a very very long stretch we will find we will gradually as we read find whether we can balance that or find experiences like that in the bible at such points okay maybe so just keep that close to your mind verse 22 says that assyria lies there surrounded by the graves of its army army those who were slaughtered by the sword their graves are in the depths of the pit and they are surrounded by their allies they struck terror in the hearts of people everywhere but now they have been slaughtered by the sword elam lies there surrounded by the graves of all its odds those who were slaughtered by the sword they struck terror in the hearts of people everywhere but now they have descended as out <coughs> as outcasts to the world below now they lie in the pit and share the shame of those who have gone before them they have a resting place among the slaughtered surrounded by the graves of all their hearts yes they terrorize the nations while they live but now they lie in shame with others in the pit all of them outcasts slaughtered by the sword it says meshech and tubal are there surrounded by the graves of all their hearts they once struck terror in the hearts of people everywhere but now they are outcasts all slaughtered by the sword they are not buried in honor like their fallen heroes who went down to the grave with their weapons their shields covering their bodies and uh, their swords beneath their heads their guilt rests upon them because they brought terror to everyone while they were still they still alive okay comparing them with those who were buried with honor of course for people then in those days we were going to be buried in honor they give you a full military burial and all of the you are well dressed with your with your with your armor your shield and sword is buried with you and it is in in a sense taking that you take that right into you know into into the grave but we know the Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die, right? Okay. So, but God says that look, they had honor. You, there will be no honor for you. You would just drop down to to the grave because, of course, it was a day of slaughter. So nobody was going to bury anybody. The day when calamity comes upon Egypt, it says, "You too, Egypt, will lie crushed and broken among the outcasts, all slaughtered by the sword." Edom is there with his king and princes, mighty as they were. They also lie among those slaughtered by the sword, with the outcasts who have gone down to the pit. Since all the princes of the north and the Sidonians are there with others who have died, once a terror, they have been put to shame. 
they lied there as outcasts with others who were slaughtered by the sword. They share the shame of all who have descended descended to, to the pits. Since when Pharaoh and his entire army arrive, it would take comfort that he is not alone in having his odds killed, says the sovereign Lord. Although I have caused his terror to fall upon all all the living pharaoh and his herds will lie there among the outcasts who were slaughtered by the sword i the sovereign lord have spoken all right quite an interesting read but it was a warning to pharaoh to make him realize that as proud as you think you are as great as you think you are you are going to be like any of this other nation you too you are going down to the grave all right let's go on to read ezekiel chapter 33 Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel is Israel's watchman. Are you a watchman? Who is a watchman? Let's learn. It says, once again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land, and choose one of their own to be a watchman. He says, then the watchman, when the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then if they, if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. Okay? It will be their own fault if they die. In other words, a watchman's role is to look out for the life of the people, to look out for the way that they are living, to look out whether an enemy is coming. And I'm telling you, there are quite a few watchmen in our time whose job is to look out for the souls of the people. But sadly, you know, most watchmen of our time only look out for, for errors only look out when things are wrong and so they seem to look like people who are just looking to cause trouble but a watchman does more than that okay it not only looks out for the for the for the souls of the people but he is there to also share the truth with them it tells them look danger is coming danger is coming it shares the truth with them it says when the watchman sees the enemy coming, it sounds the alarm to warn the people that if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their fault if they die. 5 says they heard the alarm but ignored it, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. Says, but if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths so one of the responsibility of a watchman or one of the things you must realize is that god is going to hold you responsible i once said this when god the first time when god told ezekiel that he was israel's watchman that we are watchmen in our families okay and god will ask you okay god will ask you the gifts he has given you is you are a watchman over your gifts and god is going to ask you the gift of a family for example god is going to ask you i gave you a husband i gave you a wife i gave you children what did you do with them you know how did you use them did you live well with them very 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 important he says watchman no he said you are responsible now seven says now son of man i am making you a watchman for the people of israel therefore listen to what i say and warn them for me simply put ezekiel's messages were not his own he was simply warning the people on behalf of god so taking on ezekiel was not necessary 
uh, he was speaking on the behalf of someone. He says, if I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, this then uh, they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their death. He says, but if you want them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. Then says, Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying, our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? Remember that Ezekiel was the prophet to those who were in captivity. Okay, it is he is speaking to those who are already in exile, not those who are about to come into exile. The duty of that was to Jeremiah, son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the deaths of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. He says, turn. Turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel, why should you die? So Ezekiel's rule was to warn them to turn. If they are turned, okay, I'm telling you, everything would just would just go. But most times the people refuse. Son of man, give your people this message. The righteous behavior of righteous people will not save them if they if they turn to sin, nor will the wicked behavior of wicked people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. And I'm telling you, a lot of people will say, but pastor, this is not fair. Why should it be like that? Well, it makes sense, right? If a wicked person repents and becomes, you know, turns to God, God will accept him. So why should a righteous person's behavior, good behavior still matter when they they have not turned to wickedness? Okay, so God says no, it will not. He says that when I tell righteous people that they will leave, but they, but then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. I will destroy them for their sins. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. For instance, they might give back a debtor's, a debtor's security, return what they have stolen, and obey my life-giving laws, no longer doing what is evil. If they do this, then they will surely live and not die. So maybe you will remember, you will realize what Zacchaeus was doing when he told Jesus that, oh, ah, yes, I have cheated people out of things. Whoever I cheated before, I will pay back. Okay, I will pay back in folds. Actually, and God, Jesus told him, yes, salvation has come to your house today. He says none of their past sins will be brought up again for they have done what is just and right and they will surely live. Your people are saying the Lord isn't doing what's right but it is they who are not doing what's right for again I say when righteous people turn away from from their righteous behavior and turn to evil they will die but if wicked people turn from their wickedness and do what is just and right they will live. O people of Israel you are saying the Lord isn't doing what is right but i judge each of you according to your deeds you realize that for the people in captivity okay it was because they were doing what was evil and so this message should have sounded like you know something sweet in their ears it wasn't that they were doing something right they were doing evil and god was telling them if you turn i will i will 
turn everything around if you change i will turn everything around let's end this one verse 21 says on january 8th during the 12th year of our captivity a survivor from jerusalem came to me and said the city has fallen the previous evening the lord had taken hold of me and given me back my voice so i was able to speak with this with this man so I was able to speak when this man arrived the next morning. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the scattered remnant of Israel living among the ruined city keeps saying, Abraham was only one man, yet he gained possession of the entire land. We are many. Surely the land has been given to, to us as a possession. So tell these people, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You eat meat with blood in it. You worship idols and you murder the innocent. Do you really think the land should be yours? Murderers idolaters, adulterers, should the land belong to you? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord the sovereign Lord says, as surely as I live, those living in the ruins will die by the swords, and I will send wild animals to eat those living in the open fields. Those hiding in the forts and caves will die of disease. I will completely destroy the land and demolish their pride. Our arrogant power will come to an end. The mountains of Israel will be so desolate that no one will even travel through them. This is when I have completely destroyed the land because of their detestable sins, then they will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, how your people talk about you in their houses and whisper about you at their doors. They say to each other, come on, let's go hear the prophets tell us what the Lord is saying. So my people come, so my people come pretending to be sincere and sit before you. They listen to your words, but they have no intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of lustful words, and their hearts seek only after money. You are very entertaining to them, like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice or plays fine music on an instrument. They hear what you say, but they don't act on it. But when all these terrible things happen to them, as they certainly will, then they will know a prophet has been among them. Wow. Alright, so lessons I want us to take away from here today. Lord, I don't need to wait for evil to happen before I accept that you are Lord. So Father, I thank you this morning. Help me to obey your word first prayer this morning second prayer lord i am the watchman over my family so i pray for my husband i pray for my wife i pray for my children i pray for my father i pray for my mother i pray for my brothers i pray for my sisters i pray for my neighbors lord i stand as a watchman over their souls that father you will save them in the name of jesus lord you will cost each one that do not know you, Lord, to know you for themselves. Can we lift up our voices and just begin to pray this morning? Father, we say thank you. We thank you. We ask this morning that, Lord, you will help us to be obedient to your word. Lord, not to wait for calamity to come, but to obey your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, as watchmen, we stand over our families this morning. We pray for safety for them. We pray for protection for them in the name of Jesus. But more than ever, we pray that each one will know you for themselves in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that the storm of our time will not take our loved ones away in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.